0: You're listening to the Ricky Long podcast. So we base
1: ourselves on, we base ourselves on probably being the only place that will teach you these move, these kind of movements like your full body movement, your deadlifts, your clean and jerks, your snatches, your squats, your deadlifts to the governing body standards. Mm-hmm. So obviously, both of us. Well, I am now only just a recently a level two British weightlifting coach, but obviously. I uh, since start of summer twenty nineteen I've only been a level one. So I've been only been able to coach and learn from Darren, who is obviously was the only level two in the area. So the point about being a level one is that you can only coach when you're with a level two.
2: Okay.
1: In terms of British weightlifting, right, okay, okay. you're still classed as a level one assistant coach. And obviously okay. level two being head coach
3: yeah i didn't know that that's interesting that's, well, that's was, really good standards to be honest that's a really yeah. good kind of mythology
1: so obviously darren being the level two taking me on as, as his assistant i was then able to learn more complex ways of coaching the movements to program the movements and when it came to developing people, someone for say competition and stuff like that so the more in-depth kind of technical analysis kind of breakdown analysis and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't really get as being a level 3 PT but obviously Mm -hmm. in terms of that it all really depends on who you actually learn from or whether you're more I'm going to go out and do this on my own without really getting much guidance from anyone which was obviously not the path I chose Mm -hmm. you're listening to the Ricky
0: Long Podcast
1: He's been able to build the confidence of a lot of female lifters and a lot of female athletes so they can then go into a pub- public gym on their own because that's the thing they've and you'll know it yourself seeing it through the years women do especially feel intimidated when it comes to a public gym yeah,
3: sure. and we
1: feel that we've created a very safe environment for women to come and train the people always think that we only train women or oh, you're, you're a pink studio. You've got quite a you've got quite a large female client base, um, so you only train women. We don't. I've got a, I've got a good number of guys on my team. Darren's got a good couple of guys in his team, and obviously we cross over as part of Marvelous Lifting Club. So I've got a young lad that's training to compete in weightlifting. We both uh, take a hand in coaching our young ladie, Carl who's uh, training to be a powerlifter, who is 19 years old and. He's one of the strongest 19-year-olds I've ever seen in my life.
3: Uh, you've posted mm-hmm. videos of him, haven't you? Or at least Instagram no. Yeah.
1: Oh, you and me, Drew, a things. strong laddie. And because Darren has the experience of uh, coaching competitive weightlifting, uh, powerlifting, that then gives me, again, another scope to learn how to coach competitively for powerlifting. Because powerlifting itself is, It's not simply teaching someone how to bench, uh, deadlift, lift and squat. There is that complete other side of programming for competition. Mm -hmm. Nutritional uh, needs for competition, tapering and all that kind of stuff. Tapering and peaking for wherever you're going with your program and all that kind of stuff. That's Obviously you learn about, but unless you use it, it all becomes brand new again to you.
0: You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness
3: journey. Second business podcast in as many weeks. This one is with Nathan McKendrick of Marvelous Fitness, based Livingston Direction in Scotland. Uh, Nathan's a good friend of mine. He's a PT. He's been a PT for a number of years. And in this episode, we discuss what it takes to start a self-employed personal training business in general, to start a personal training business in March 2020, pre-pandemic, and maintain that moving forwards. And not only is it a self-employed personal training business, it's a business in a new facility. So we're gonna hear what he's had to do, his business ethos, his his values within his business, how he operates with his clients, how he would operate in a non-COVID world, how he does operate in a COVID world, uh, him and his business partner, Darren, and, and just how they run their whole facility. Um, so it's a really really good listen if you're a personal trainer like you just you have to go and listen to this and make sure you follow Nathan on social media so you'll see all those links in the show notes. And the reason why I say that is because you'll learn a lot and just how you just need to see the Nathan's Instagram grid and you will understand what type of personal trainer this guy is. So I talk about branding, I talk about um, people need to know what you do. You look at his grid and within two seconds you know what type of personal trainer he is so his potential clients will either get immediately turned on by it or immediately turned off which is the perfect instagram account um so yeah that is the podcast today nathan and i are gonna we're gonna have a yarn we're gonna have a yarn for about an hour and it's good crack and we're about to wrap up at the 50 minute mark and then he mentions, I'm glad we didn't talk about Les Mills. And then we'll spend 15 minutes talking about Les Mills. So there's something there for absolutely everyone. So there is sponsor time. Right, want to have a, a chat about Ponyin for Sport, Northern Ireland Sports Retailers of the Year. They have cartwheeled, they've been agile, they've maneuvered. Maneuved, maneuvered themselves so as they have always been open in some capacity during these unprecedented times. And right now, they have been specializing in commercial and home gym equipment, or rather, just home gym equipment. You know, they were doing Concept 2 rowers, uh, they were doing the assault bikes, medicine balls, kettlebells, skipping ropes, etc., etc. So I'm going to go into their website just now. Uh, this post was on the 20th of November. Putting for sport. It's a picture of a lady doing a single arm dumbbell row Um, and the caption reads back in stock and ready to rock well done craig back in stock and ready to rock we've had an nxg delivery and boosted our range of fitness equipment online and in store moving fast though don't hang around another one is a picture of one two three four five six rowing machines and the caption reads, Ro, we're halfway there. Ro, living on a prayer. That's actually what it says. Craig, that is another absolute belter of a caption. Um, I really enjoyed that section. And I'm happy to bring some of Brian Adams onto the pocket. Not Brian Adams. It's bon Jovi. Living on a prayer. Bon Jovi. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm just going to leave it right there. So that's uh, Podium for Sport, who sponsor the podcast, and Brian Adams and John Bon Jovi, who also sponsor the podcast. Bodycore Training, Scotland's uh, a training provider based in Scotland. They specialize in their fitness professional courses, such as personal training, level two, level three, and they have always done the majority of their courses online online. So they specialize in doing it online they haven't just decided to go online because of covid um so let me go on to their post it is a caption that reads why do you love fitness and there's loads of comments below not a good example to give to you um oh this is a good one so the cat there's a picture of a testimonial and there's a caption that reads a huge congratulations to mark woodhouse on completing and passing his PT Diploma. Thank you for this fantastic review. Should you want to join Mark and pursue your passion to become a personal trainer, then get in touch today. The testimonial reads, Open quote. I would just like to say a big thank you to Bodycore Training Team in Glasgow for guiding me through Level 2 and Level 3 of the personal training course. Our tutor, David Thompson, was great with any issues that were needed to be resolved and luckily he has a good sense of humour. Rosie and Tobias are a great team and will set you on your journey within the fitness industry. Mark Woodhouse, level two, level three PT diploma. And a massive shout out for David Thompson there who Um, was obviously the tutor the pt mentor so they operate the system of the pt mentor where you're assigned someone who not just delivers you the course content but prepares you for industry as well so you know let's just call them the soft skills that one that may need so that's putting for sport that's body core training they're the sponsors this is the podcast this is ricky long and up next is nathan mckendrick
0: you're listening to the ricky long podcast
3: Welcoming on to the podcast today is Nathan McKendrick, who is a PT-based, I want to say, Wormous End Livingston? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't sure if that's where you're based. <laughs> I know that's where you were working. Don't know yeah, if that's yeah. where you're based, yeah.
1: i okay, um, so, so, so um, glad to have you on. West Calder at the moment. West Calder.
3: See, see, I knew, I knew it wasn't quite Livingston. Yeah, I do pay attention. <laughs> Man, what's <laughs> crack? We haven't caught up in, in ages. What's going on?
1: Not much, man. Obviously, now um, West London's now back in the lockdown again, so Hi. the next couple of weeks will be quite samey. But obviously, after the first lockdown, it would be a bit easier to get through this one, having the framework in place already. But um, nah, other than that, it's just... I was like the last time we properly spoke, I was having just left Banatines
2: mm-hmm.
1: having worked there for so long. But obviously, I've been... Self employed now since the 1st of February.
3: Okay, cool.
1: Which was a a big leap of faith for me. So,
3: yeah. What a year to go self employed, yeah?
1: I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what everyone says the same as well. Everyone's like, oh, what are you doing now, Nathan? I'm self employed and all that. Oh, it's a nice year to go self employed, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. Not the best, but it's been a learning curve in the same time, in the same sense, anyway.
3: And I'm assuming you. Do you qualify for furlough payments? Nope. Nah, a lot, a lot of people are in that boat, yeah.
1: What's happened with this lockdown, obviously they're they're saying there's a lot more support for the newly self-employed, okay. which wasn't in place for the first lockdown. So first lockdown was, um, you could basically call me Frank Gallagher because I was in the dole. Uh-huh.
2: A lot of people that. were
1: yeah. So it wasn't fun, but obviously in terms of a year like this being self-employed it can only get better yeah exactly and well we listen get-
3: we'll, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that uh, later on you know first of all like um introduce yourself who, who is nathan tell us a little bit about yourself your business you, your working life your um obsession with any weird comic book franchises that sort of thing
1: yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i am nathan mckendrick i am a 24 years old and i have been working in the fitness industry since about the tail end of 2015, so I'm still quite a baby in the industry, mm-hmm. I kind fell of into, fell into fitness by accident, to be honest. Obviously, my full plan was to become a PE teacher after high school, but having not gotten the grades, university was then out of the window. So i done what every other 18-year-old didn't really have an idea what he was going to do. I got a job for about a year and a half. I worked behind bars for uh, the majority of 2014 and 2015 before I decided to get my finger at my backside and actually to go to college again. So I went back into education. I've been a PT since middle of 2016. So I got my level two through my college. And then my colleague who I now work with now uh, Darren Marr was the guy that actually took me through my level three. Oh,
2: very good,
1: yeah. So I had done my level three with him down in and we went down, down the St. Galloway area to do his like, strength and conditioning camps, his uh, transformations kind of stuff. So that was my first kind of taste of working with people
2: mm-hmm.
1: rather than like having like the college sitting down and trying to do a consultation with someone in your college class which was... Yeah. <laughs> The same obviously, but yeah, I then when it came to starting the HND, I got offered an interview in Banatines Livingston, which is where obviously we met when I was working for Bannatynes, mm-hmm. and I worked there for just over three years until well, obviously I obviously left at the end of this uh, January this year, and I've been self employed in West Calder ever since. Excellent. And yes, uh, Ricky pointed out that. I might be a fanatic or slight obsession with Marvel.
2: <laughs>
1: the fact that my lifting group, my client base, is basically called McMarvel, which was actually stolen from Ricky. <laughs> that <laughs> <years ago. laughs> yeah. No, that was two years. ago. That was actually on the mastermind. You said that. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Well, that, that makes sense because you're you love all the Marvel stuff, so you may as well use it to your advantage. <laughs> yeah.
1: I definitely I'm, don't have. A single wall in my bedroom with Marvel wallpaper on it. You definitely don't. know. definitely, I definitely don't. don't. <laughs> no, nobody said that. Here, so, hundred percent. Do
3: what? What's what's happening with Marvel right now? Like, what's the most recent film? Was it was it Spider Man? Was the most recent one?
1: The last film to come out was still Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah, and what and that is, was the is End F- of Phase Four? Well, this is the thing we don't really know because obviously it's meant to be Black Widow. It's meant to be. Uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, but because of COVID, everything's getting delayed because obviously nothing can come out in the cinema. So I think Marvel themselves are trying to hold off until they can get like cinema releases because everyone's asking why they can't do it on Disney Plus, but um, they keep pushing back their premieres on Disney Plus, which is a bit weird. The the
3: answer is simple: money.
2: Yeah, that yeah,
3: that is the reason why like there's no big premiere for something going on the an app atl- on a phone. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, so pilot. yeah, yeah t- Tell tell us about your business and your PT business. You've a unique setup in the facility that you're in.
1: Yeah, so we we're a very small schedule. We uh, under the brand of Marvelous Fitness, which is uh, Darren's lifting brand. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this uh, he is the owner, so he took me on as a coach. Uh, when I left Banatine's, But it all kind of stemmed from when I was in America, he kind of had the idea of potentially having like our own place. And when I came back from America, I went traveling in America for a month last year because uh, this was me kind of having gone through Ricky's mastermind and actually having the, the balls to kind of start making choices on my own business. I decided to, I was at the time, I was in a management position and by things and obviously people have all these life changing like like epiphanies basically when they're away traveling and stuff like that and i had one when i was in america find yourself it was quite an experience it was riveting (laughs) yeah i was funnily enough i was actually sitting in a bar in las vegas well and truly leathered, I'll admit. I've seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a good one, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting sitting in a bar in Vegas with a couple of my friends that we went over with. And yeah, one of my friends asked me what I was going to do for work when I went back, whether I was going to go back to Banatine's. And it kind of clicked in my head. And I was like, when I go back, I don't want to be a manager at Banatine's. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I want to go self-employed. So I came back, and it was the next day. I met Darren for a coffee in the Adobe's and we were kind of t- chatting through what we could do, how we could do it, when we could do it for. And then obviously this place became available. Had been available for about a year anyway, but no one showed interest in it. It was an old auto parts shop in West Calder High Street. Obviously, it's small. So it's this the size of a hair salon, kind of like your typical high street hair salon, mm-hmm. and obviously. We got in touch with the council. They we were kind of like, well, oh. no one's, they were trying to say to us that people were showing interest, but it had been sat vacant for a year. So, like, there's no way. So, we are quite lucky in the fact that we do have a decent partnership with Primal Strength, who are a very, very, very good quality equipment brand. We got all of our dumbbells from them, all of our uh, barbells, uh, our plates, and everything. So we were fully kitted out with Primal. I think we started off in the September last year, getting everything started. We got in in the end of December, kind of start of January. The whole of January was pretty much building the place. And obviously I had then dropped down to two or three days full-time work, uh, not full-time, uh, shift work in Banatines, And I was obviously building my client base when it to, when it came to PT. So when I eventually left at the end of january i kind of started myself with a decent kind of base foundation of a client base when i started here in february and obviously february march was just building on that and then covid hit but here we are quite lucky in the fact that we're able to niche ourselves more than other places because we specialize in The kind of weightlifting and the powerlifting sector in terms of the sports Mm -hmm. but we're also the only ones in the area that do that specifically Mm
2: -hmm.
1: obviously there's places that try and that do similar things but we are obviously now a licensed club through british weightlifting Mm -hmm. so in terms of being an actual sports club we are the only one that can provide that kind of specificity and that kind of training
3: what was it about i'm trying to work out what's order to ask these questions and so as as a personal trainer you you know you specialize in olympic weightlifting strength training yes you know because that's the the setup of your gym so for those that haven't seen it on social media it's a couple of you know really well put together weightlifting platforms yeah um barbells dumbbells like there's there's no big cardio cardio suite there's no um, rigs or anything in the gym floor etc cetera, etc cetera. you know it is just the, the lifting So we our
1: base parts. ourselves on we base ourselves on probably being the only place that will teach you these move these kind of movements like your full body movement your deadlifts your cleaning jerks your snatches your squats your deadlifts to the governing body standards mm-hmm. so obviously both of us well I am now only just a, recently a level 2 British weightlifting coach but obviously uh since start of summer twenty nineteen I've only been a level one. So I've been only been able to coach and learn from Darren, who is obviously was the only level two in the area. So the point about being a level one is that you can only coach when you're with a level two.
2: Okay.
1: In terms of British weightlifting, right, okay, you're, okay. you're still classed as a level one assistant coach. Okay. And obviously level two being head coach
3: yeah i didn't know that that's interesting that's that's really good standards to be honest that's a really good kind of mythology
1: so obviously darren being the level two taking me on as as his assistant i was then able to learn more complex ways of coaching the movements to program the movements and when it came to developing people someone for say competition and stuff like that so the more in-depth Kind of technical analysis, kind of breakdown analysis, and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't really get as being a level three PT, but obviously, mm-hmm. in terms of that, it all really depends on who you actually learn from, or whether you're more, I'm going to go out and do this on my own without really getting much guidance from anyone, which was obviously not the path I chose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's
3: cool, Leo. I like that. And so, if a why Olympic lifting? Because, you know, most, most personal trainers, let, let's horrifically generalize just now, just to prove a point, you know, <laughs> <laughs> most, most personal trainers you know, will come into a gym and they'll be the generic, and it's how every PT, in my opinion, starts and probably should start. You come onto the gym floor and you'll train just about anyone who will show any interest Yep. Um, you put them on treadmills, cross trainers, maybe do some resistance machines, do some free weights, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it about Olympic lifting that made you think, you know what, this is the direction I want to go for myself in my own training and also this for your business?
1: Thing for me, is I started out that same way. Obviously, it was yourself, uh, my old manager from Banatines, Dale, obviously who you know as well, Dale Dorwards, mm-hmm. and obviously Darren. When I first started out as a PT, all three years, we gave me the same advice of don't turn anyone away, work with anyone and everyone that you can. And I did. My first two years of coaching and being a PT was taking on anyone that wanted to coach with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had people um, training for marathons, I had people training for like Ironmans and all this, all this different kind of stuff. So there wasn't anyone that I wasn't willing to coach. But then at the end of, say, 2017, 2018, uh, I obviously saw a couple of videos online of people doing Olympic lifting. And, I, and I, I knew what it was. I just never paid much attention to it because at the time I was into your kind of bog standards, kind of strength training splits, body, bodybuilding splits, the same, the energy that PT kind of starts out as. And I tried to start, self-teaching myself. So I started watching tutorials online on how to do Olympic lifting and all this kind of stuff. And I just started realizing that I wasn't very good. <laughs> 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 to, put it, to put it so bluntly, I was a
3: fair self-assessment if I've ever heard one.
1: <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't very good. And being in the position that I was in, I was very lucky in the fact that Darren was obviously He was taking people for powerlifting, he was doing things for weightlifting, he was doing genetic PT, but obviously I had that kind of experience and I felt like I trusted, I had that trust in him to teach me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I then asked Darren to teach me how to do Olympic lifting. Better. (laughs) So I got coached as an athlete, so I was no longer a PT, but obviously along the way you're picking up how to coach, how to... Do different things how to analyze different things as well so when that came around after pardon me after a couple of months of doing that i thought i actually really really enjoy this mm-hmm. i realized that training those lifts i got a lot more enjoyment than doing a box standard pe- uh, box standard gym session yeah okay and then since then it's kind of it's kind of snowballed a little because Banatines offered to put me through my level one, which I never really had much uh, thought about doing it until they offered it. And I was like, All right, I, maybe I could do something about this. And obviously when I was going through it was when I was on Masterminds with yourself. Yeah. And then you gave me the kick up the backside and says, Why don't you do something mm-hmm. about that if you enjoy it so much? And then it kinda was a, a light bulb.
3: Yeah, it's 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 back to
1: that. that yeah best place
3: really. Yeah, I was going to say it's back to that when you when you niche yourself so to speak and you have a real real clear idea of yeah. your avatar. Instead of having 3000 people on the gym floor who would maybe be interested in what you can offer, you suddenly get like 50, 60 people on the gym floor who want yeah. what you have and there's a massive difference between having 3000 people who well, let's be honest some will know you don't even know you exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can clearly market yourself on the gym floor as you are the guy, girl, who fixes problem X, yep. you become famous for that.
1: It's your thing. Um, that was the thing as well. Was, obviously, I, I wasn't able to train uh, Olympic lifting at things because in terms of the gym setup, it just wasn't feasible. Mm-hmm. Of course. So in terms of bumper plates, uh, safe flooring platforms, etc., it wasn't wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. So I used to go away to another gym and I went out on my Olympic lifting. And obviously I'm, I'm very uh, active on social media. and So all the videos I would put up, I had people come up and speaking to me saying, oh, where do you do that? Do you, can you do it here? And obviously at the time, I wouldn't have been able to because I wasn't at level two. And I put the question forward to Panatines that if they were able to invest into the right kit, I would then... Mm -hmm. get my level two quicker and that would be my kind of thing in Banatines
2: yeah
1: and this was before I went away to America but then when I was told no and it wasn't going to happen then I was like all right well what if I what if I bought the stuff myself what if I bought my own bars my own plates Mm
2: -hmm. my own
1: kind of framework and everything else I was then again told no because it would void contracts that they have with their suppliers. And I was like, all right, fair enough, that makes sense. I can understand that. Um, but then that was more of a kind of push out the door, yeah, yeah. really, because I knew I then accepted that that, that this was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's what I enjoy and people could see that I enjoy it. So yeah, that kind of pushed this a lot easier what you
3: were doing and you weren't aware of this at the time but you were thinking how you know Mm -hmm. how can how can i be the olympic weightlifting coach in banantines where you were already so okay the gym don't have the equipment how do we get the equipment i can buy it okay the gym don't allow me to do that fair enough how can i still do this and you've kind of made it happen i think what's really important for everyone to be aware is how you described how you started as a pt you you have to train everyone and it's so sorry when i say everyone train anyone not everyone you have to understand not you 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 need to understand who you want to work with and what problems you want to fix but more importantly you have to understand what you don't want to work with and what you don't want to fix because it only takes one type of client who you don't enjoy working with to ruin your whole week. So you could have 20 sessions, 20 different clients, and you've got this one client who pisses you off. Their problem pisses you <laughs> off. And it, yeah, it can ruin you're thinking of someone it can ruin your whole whole week. And it took me years to realise that. So I used to have I used to have a client, Gail, and I absolutely love Gail. Still I, I chats with her on social media. Um, so this is back when I was starting off in Fitness First Boucher, 20, 21, I had 30 to 40 sessions a week, like I was, I was killing yeah. it, you know, especially as a young PT, you know, it was all oh, back in those days, I'm 24 now, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was all, <laughs> it was all <laughs> cash back then, so it wasn't direct debit payments. Um, that kind of technology was just totally alien to me back then, so it was all cash. So you were getting a lot of cash, but there was there was this one client deal, and she uh, she paid me right. She you hear this podcast? Um, quite possibly, quite possibly, <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything, it. She paid me. She'll laugh at this because she knows what I'm about to say. She paid me, but to start every session, she dragged me out for a rump, and we went for I was It was a decent distance for me at the time. It was like three, four miles. Like it wasn't a short ten-minute run around the block. This That's was once,
1: a run once a week, if anything, for me.
3: And, and it used to absolutely not just exhaust me, but it used to make me like I was glad when that session was over because I was kind of thinking, yeah. oh, great. I don't have to do that again for six days and twenty three hours." Yeah, you're <laughs> cutting down. So my point is, what I'm trying to make, what I should have done then is actually just said to Gail, "Listen." I can't do that with you on your personal training session. What you can do is go and do your run, and then we can train, and I can get you towards your goals. Yep. Or then this would probably be the better thing to do. See, see Orla over in the corner. I'm oh. saying Orla because she was an excellent PT. She loves running. She does a lot of marathon training. You go train with her. That's yep. what I should have done. Because if if you're working with people and problems that you don't want to fix. Like it, it becomes such a strain and a burden. Like if somebody came to me right now and said, you know, I want to step on stage and be a bodybuilder mm-hmm. there like there is nothing that would demotivate me more than writing that programme.
1: That's exactly what I think right now as well.
3: Yeah. Um so the thing-
1: Seeing as that is like we had I you probably you probably know of him as well, uh, Gordy Adam. Yes, He's I do. Right? Yeah. Freelance PT out of um Banatine's Livingston and obviously a former bodybuilder, the guy's he knows his stuff. And by all means he he's a very good coach. But again, being a bodybuilder, he had obviously all these people that wanted to do bodybuilding then coming to him. Mm-hmm. And I then used that as a scapegoat to the, for people that started coming to me saying they wanted to do uh Potentially what to do bodybuilding, and then I was kind of doing the same as that. I was saying, well, personally, I don't think I'm the guy for you. Because obviously, there's nothing that apart from someone that only wants to do cardio, that drives me mental. Mm -hmm. And I get it, people love it. Obviously, for me, they would be wasting their money hiring me, yeah, for their reason for that reason for them. So obviously, that was then my opportunity to say, Well. They've got Gordy in the building, who obviously he's done it for years. He knows the thing inside out. He's your guy. I honestly don't think I'd be able to provide what you're after. So it was pretty much the same kind of idea. Yeah,
3: it's,
1: it's like, I was able to kind of pass on to someone more suited. It's a,
3: you know, it's like entering Formula One with a Ford Fiesta. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'll get round the track. You'll do the seventy odd laps, but you, like you're just not going to do it very fast. There's more efficient ways to do it. You know. Go yeah. and get the better car. Go and get the the coach who's designed to do that. Go and get is it McLaren? Are they are they the best in Formula One right now? Is that who Hamilton drives for? Mercedes?
1: Ask Lisa McDonald. I've not got a clue. Nah, nah me neither. I don't know. Just ask a Endo. Question. I've not got a clue. Ah, it's all the same.
3: It's all the same. Um. So yeah, Olympic lifting. What what does what does session one look like for you? So if you've a first time client coming in, let's assume that you know they have no physical ailments or of full health they just you know they want to start training with you what what do you do do you start them straight off overhead squats snatches cleans all in session one with no. a 60k barbell nope oh no you squats. don't oh right okay what a surprise yeah.
1: so their first their first session is never um always anyway their first session depending on how they're feeling is either going to be squats or deadlifts. Uh-huh. because for me I need to see I need to see how they perform something like a squat or a deadlift before they even go into anything like Olympic lifting. Because if you can't do a deadlift or if you can't do a squat up, you're gonna be very you're gonna really, really struggle when it comes to Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. Because the basis of a squat and a deadlift are what these moves are, are built on. Yeah, so yeah. if I can see their basic fundamentals before they do anything Olympic lifting, that means I can then tweak and now be able to relate the coaching so much easier to them okay yeah so someone that can't deadlift they're not going to be able to get in position for a clean they're not going to be able to get in position for a snatch
2: mm-hmm.
1: someone that can't squat or even they're not going to be able to receive a bar in a full at full depth mm-hmm. but then that will then come on to things like overhead squats if they can't do an overhead squat they don't have the ability to get the bar overhead they're not going to be able to do a snatch yeah simple as that
3: a lot's to be said for that level three personal training level three squat assessment that we all have to do yeah like it's <laughs> yeah. actually really really good and really really useful you know if you can just you take somebody for the first time you just do a quick squat assessment you can yep. just you can tell so much you know you can even tell how they're going to run just by looking at someone's squat assessment you just need yeah. to spend that little bit of time understanding muscle tightness weaknesses, inactivity, balance I posture
1: i am fascinated by mobility obviously mm-hmm. i self-brand myself as the mobility man so that's the thing as well is it gives me an idea of where they're lacking in mm-hmm. mobility because obviously people think that obviously when i when they see me do it they're like oh you're quite lucky you're mobile if you seen me when i first started i, I was i was stiff as a board i remember Honestly, stuff is board. Do you
3: still do you still have those videos on your phone? Because I remember the first few times you were doing like snatches and all that, and like there were. Yeah, I'm, I'm being serious. What you should do. It's on my Instagram,
1: some... I'm pretty sure I have posted some of them as well. I'm pretty sure some of them on my page.
3: Yeah, go and get those videos and post them again. Now, and you know, I think yeah. the this...
1: last time I posted one of them was. Yeah, cause... it was actually a couple of weeks ago.
3: Yeah, it's a standard before and after. It's just happens to
1: be a movement instead of a topless yeah. picture. Third, the 3rd of November was the last time I posted it. Yeah.
2: Keep, that was a between
1: 2017 and 2020. And I also done one where I was front squatting. I think it must have been maybe 2017, 2016. And you're lucky if I was getting down for a if I was getting down for a half front squat. Mm-hmm. I had like no grip on the bar with my fingers whatsoever. It was literally just resting on <laughs> my shoulders trying to get my elbows up and it just wasn't happening. But People think it happened overnight when I came to mobility. That yeah. took yeah. maybe two years to be yeah. as mobile as I am now.
3: It's, it's that one where people want results immediately. So, you know, I, I yeah. want to be able to snatch my body weight above my head immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, like you're going to spend some time with a PVC pipe and just do overhead squats with a PVC pipe with a couple That's of so weights underneath better. your feet just to get used to that vertical movement.
1: The guys that come in and see us is, and it's not a bad thing because they're all so eager, they're all so keen because they see it and they're like, "That looks really cool. I want to try it." And obviously, within a couple of sessions, they're then starting to run through obviously the techniques we use. Um, we use within wooden, wooden poles, which we call woody because we're cool like that. Obviously. And you're only uh, be
3: crossfit and call that a PVC pipe?
1: Obviously not. <laughs> But when it comes to when they get to the stage of using weight, when they're not able to do it, because obviously they're still learning and they get all frustrated. And obviously, the, the worst thing we, the first thing we say to them is, right, how long how long have you been doing this for? And they'll turn around and say maybe two or three months. I'm like, right, you're not allowed to get annoyed then. Like they've got no right to get annoyed because they're literally a baby when it comes to it. I mean, I still am. Uh I've been doing it for, I've been, since I started, it's been just over three, just over three years. And obviously, my technique still breaks down. Uh I still get coached. Darren still gives me coaching points, even though at the moment, I don't have a coach Uh coaching me weekly. Darren still picks up on when there's things that I could be doing. And because we work quite closely with British weightlifting, we actually have I, we are quite close with one of the British weightlifting tutors, a guy called Danny Nye, who is brainy as hell. And I'll give him his two the guys brilliant. He helped me a lot with my level two in terms of understanding the coursework, in terms of understanding this. And he'll still pick up on things. So even though we are still coaching, we still get coached.
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. And what yeah. people
1: don't really understand is the fact that The best lifters in the world, world champions, they all have a coach. No one is good enough not to get coached.
3: Every successful person in any walk of life has a coach, has somebody who opens doors, helps them, looks at it objectively, someone's blind spots.
1: But it's also Um, someone to keep you grounded as well. It's someone that stops your head getting in the clouds.
3: Yeah. So sort of. Um we'll kind of touched on a few of the, the misconceptions of Olympic lifting. What what do you find the misconceptions are? So like in, in my head it it's a, a bit like that old school if if I do Olympic weightlifting I'm gonna get absolutely massive and muscle bound.
1: So this is the thing as well, it's it's one of those things that people say that if they're not naturally mobile they can't do it. And it's one of those things that if you're not good, they say if you're not good at it to begin with, you're not going to get good at it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But they forget it's completely different skills. And then, as well, people think when it, but this is a misconception when it comes to any kind of weight training. Some women are afraid of doing weightlifting because they're afraid it's going to make them big. Uh-huh. And regardless of whether that's Olympic weightlifting or whether it's powerlifting or anything like that, physically won't happen. Uh-huh. But it's understanding. That it's skill over anything else. I, um, I
3: always describe it as you know, like the kin- the kinetic chain. And you look yeah. at Olympic weightlifters, and if you if you look at it, take you for example, you know you're quite you're not big. You're not 110, 120 kilos. But right, it's I'm how a, it's
1: I'm, like, a, I'm about 81. <laughs>
3: and and it's how your joints and muscles talk to each other that it's just efficiency and a lift you know you take you know there'll be absolute pros out there who might be you know throwing above their head snatching clean jerking two three times their body Mm. and it's it's that nobody off the street is expected to be able to do that you'll be able to do the movement and it's just you know it comes down to that kinetic chain and transfer of energy you know there's you, you look at an example people can maybe work with here is you know Ronaldo and Messi they're two completely different body shapes yeah but they can both do their task really really well of kicking a football and dodging players etc cetera, etc cetera. Um,
1: and, and thing as well is like, obviously when I, say, I I started out watching videos but people see videos of say for example the Chinese national team the Chinese national team are phenomenal Mm-hmm. You've got folk like Shiji Yong, you've got folk like Lu Xiaoxin, who have been doing these sports since they're like, since they were kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously, the, the Shiji Young's obviously now in his 20s, you've got uh, Liu Xiaoxin, who's now in his 30s. And you're thinking, these guys have got 20 plus years of experience. And obviously, they're able to compete at the highest level. People that are naturally strong, just because they're naturally strong, think they'll then be good at olympic lifting so if you take someone that deadlifts 200 and squats 150 um it doesn't mean by any means they're going to be able to snatch um relative to their strength in in a snatch or in a clean and jerk Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because they've got zero foundation from the movement themselves Mm -hmm. so a misconception for olympic olympic weightlifting is people that are naturally strong Assume they'll be able to transfer straight over, and they can't, and it frustrates mm-hmm. people a lot. Yeah, you've got a, like like I say, you've got a guy or a girl uh, that can deadlift two hundred in Scotland, uh, one hundred and fifty, but struggle to snatch mm-hmm. fifty or sixty because the movement just isn't there. Oh, it's totally, and I, I've got my
3: own personal experience with that. You know, I'm, I'm self, I've got the basic CrossFit training for Olympic lifting, and you know, mm. self taught for a lot of things, and I kind of reached that natural plateau of okay these are the scores and movements i can get to now for me for me to go further i need to specialize i need to look at mobility seriously so the only reason why i couldn't do a bigger snatch was because my overhead squat score wasn't good enough because my mobility wasn't good enough so i knew i would have to work on those things but from a functional living point of view i I didn't need to because it's not what i want to specialize in and that's yep. that's the thing with specialist any kind of specialist training. You always have that natural. Okay, this is where you can get to naturally. Yeah. If you want to go further, you need to. You need to kick on. You need to. You know, obviously, look Based at your physical. More than it, let's be honest. Yeah, time, physical, sleep, nutrition, uh, mobility, rest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you kind of need to, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah,
1: dedicate yourself. Yeah, it's being realistic as well with it, though, because people expect it to be two sessions and you're done. Yeah. And when it comes to, like, was it the old saying, it takes however many times to get rid of a bad habit. What is mm-hmm. it? Uh, well,
3: 10,000 10, reps. Yeah. 10, reps to create a habit and 10,000 reps to change that habit.
1: Yeah. So when you, if you put that into, for example, a phase of a phase of the lift, of say a snatch, mm-hmm. when it comes to something as whole body and complex as that, it's going to take time. Yeah. But nah, people don't I'm... have the patience for it, which okay. is strange.
3: Yeah. Well, what about um, your business as a whole now? Because, you know, obviously you're in tier four, you're locked down a little bit. Um, yeah. And just gonna speculate. I'm I'm assuming you're doing something online to connect with your clients, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah? Yeah. So obviously through the first lockdown, we created um Marvelous Fitness Online. We were running obviously um cardiovascular-based Zoom classes. We were running um kind of progressive strength-based classes and in, in terms of resistance as much as we could. But then we also done um weightlifting specific classes as well, because obviously. When everyone starts learning weightlifting, you ideally start with like you say a PVC pipe, a stick, a broomstick, a light bar, all that kind of stuff. So that ran for that ran from about the twenty fourth of March. Is that when we went into a We went a on the 20th We closed on the twenty third. So as of the
3: yeah, we we all closed for four weeks, didn't we?
1: yeah (laughs) four four weeks yeah so we'd we'd literally organize these classes for those four weeks and when it got announced that it was um extended we were like right cool we need to now add to this so the weightlifting specific stuff got added on because before we had six programs that were based on strengthening mobility around band work around weight work around uh, interval work um core work, and then progressive strength work. We then added on the weightlifting specific stuff after the four weeks of so we knew it got extended. So I would teach morning classes for people that would do it obviously before they go to work, or people that were on furlough to get them out of the bed and all that kind of stuff. They paid obviously a lower rate because you can't get the face-to-face value that you're after. So, so we can't charge the same as what we would for a face-to-face session. But um, then Darren would do classes in the evening. So Monday, Friday, they were getting two classes in the morning and then two classes in the evening. They could pick and choose where they went, whether they wanted to come to mine in the morning, Darren's in the evening, or whether they wanted to do both. And then I think it was through August, we had quite a few drop-offs. Obviously, morale was getting quite low because we'd been in for so long. And I think it kind of got to that stage that no matter how fresh no matter how new or how engaging we tried to make it again human nature just kind of kicked in and lockdown itself began began to get a lot harder for people and a lot of people were going back to work as well so in terms of being able to make the classes work started interfering as well so we changed it up and we made it more through august It was more of a in your own time here's your challenges for Monday to Friday on this week, this week, and this week. Uh, When you do these challenges, your job is to report back to either myself or Darren ASAP. And then obviously we were able to open on the 31st of August, to which we were able to get back in the studio, back in coaching um, whilst adhering to COVID regulations and having our boxes set out on the floor and, having our sections of the studio set up and obviously wearing our masks and stuff when we were coaching and making sure everyone was sanitized when they came in wearing their mask and as soon as they finished using something putting it down and uh, obviously we weren't able to touch any of the kit that people were using so it was like we were there but weren't, but weren't there at the same time yeah uh, why well, because uh, like <laughs> when you try to get someone to do Heavy deadlifts and they're having to change their own bar the lat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, when the rumours of locked, the second lockdown tier four started coming around, we weren't too worried because obviously we we were in the small group in West London that actually managed to adapt. We were we were able to make the first lockdown as successful as we could. So we we were then able to fall back into what we had done in the first Mm -hmm. place, which is obviously what we're doing now. We started on Monday, uh, yesterday. So obviously I do my morning stuff and Darren does his evening stuff. Um, But we're also now doing um, twice a week on a Wednesday night and a Saturday morning, a outdoor group session. I think that was the one thing that we missed out on in the first lockdown was something outdoors where everyone could actually still see each other. I yeah, was well, yeah. obviously social distancing uh, adhering to COVID but I think the one thing we missed out on was people seeing each other to keep the team morale kind of high and obviously that's the one thing that we're making sure we bring back in this time round because see, we, a... we don't see ourselves as coaching clients obviously we don't have, Darren has ex-clients, I have ex-clients we do have a very very team orientated vibe when it comes to mm-hmm. here, because obviously we've got myself, we've got um, obviously Nathan McKendrick PT, NMPT, Darren's brand is obviously Marvelous Fitness, but we now, come, we come together to create Marvelous Lifting Club. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's the best of Darren, it's the best of me together. And we try and make it as team orientated and as team morale orientated as we can. I think that's really important. Um,
3: and it's good that you have that up front. And you knew that about how you yeah. wanted to the, wanted the work. Um, what is, like, you know, assuming the virus disappears and all that, you know, wh- where are you going with it? What's the plans?
1: Well, obviously, so we, we didn't plan on being here for a number of years. We knew fine well that this was going to be a starting point. Uh, obviously, Darren being the owner, Darren himself, is a very, very forward-thinking person. And for me, that's brilliant to be around because it, gets me thinking in that kind of way, Uh which for my own business is a benefit in itself. So we, when we first came here, we didn't take obviously as long as a lease as people expected. And we were thinking, right, once we're able to get into position of being busy enough and being in the position of being able to get bigger, that's what we're going to do. We're going to move, we're going to get somewhere bigger Uh and we're going to make this not that it's not attractive as already because who wouldn't want to come and train in a pink gym? Okay. <laughs> I'm sure the list is endless. Well, well <laughs> this is why our uniform's all pink, it's great. <laughs> He's got his stuff, I've got I've got my stuff, my pink and everything else. That's cool, it's smart. You know what I mean? Smart. But our plan is obviously once we're able to, is go somewhere else, get somewhere bigger get somewhere that we can accommodate a bigger base, a bigger mm-hmm. athlete base, a bigger client base for us. And obviously, so we can then provide for more people. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, with being a smaller uh, studio, our capacity isn't what we want. So how big do you, like,
3: are you looking in terms of a, a unit? Yeah. Yeah. You, do you know how big you would want that to be? So We're, we're looking
1: at at least twice the size.
3: Okay, so something I'm trying to think. So about what two studios, two Ballantine Studios. Uh, probably yeah. Yeah, be but a fair size. Yeah, eyes, yeah. you can do a lot with that. You know, you can get, you know, your your wall-mounted rigs and all that. Have you know loads of space, loads of couple yeah. of different um, platforms, etcetera. What like
1: is we like the idea of even though it's. You see it in quite a lot of lifting halls, and you have the platforms built into the ground. Yeah. Obviously, you have the, the wooden platform in the middle, and you've got your, your rubber flooring around anyway. Uh-huh. That looks, we think that looks phenomenal.
2: Uh-huh.
1: We think it looks amazing. And obviously, we're going to keep the pink theme when we get bigger as well. So Obviously, pink wood. <laughs> we've got pink squat racks in this place yeah. we've now, we've got pink walls, we've got. Um, Bars or,
3: are you just an elaborate front for some kind of brothel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the thing as well. Is that, um, it it kind of derived from Darren's business because he works very very well on a niche of female clientele, and it's very very good because it provides those 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 women with the confidence that they can then build here. And they can then build in a kind of smaller, more secure environment to then move it into a big public gym. So the good thing that he's done is he's been able to provide I don't know, I don't I don't know if therapy is the right words, but he's been able to build the confidence of a lot of female lifters and a lot of female athletes so they can then go into a public gym on their own because that's the thing they've, and you'll know it yourself seeing it through the years, women do especially feel intimidated when it comes to a public gym.
2: Yeah, 100%. And we
1: feel that we've created a very safe environment for women to come and train. The people always think that we only train women or oh, you're a you're a pink studio. You've got quite a you've got quite a large female client base, um, so you only train women. Like, we don't. I've got a, I've got a good number of guys on my team. Darren's got a good couple of guys in his team, and obviously we cross over as part of Marvelous Lifting Club because I've got a young lad that's training to compete in weightlifting. We both uh, take a hand in coaching our young lad, Carl, who's uh, training to be a powerlifter, who is 19 years old and He's the one of the strongest 19-year-olds I've ever seen in my life.
3: Uh, you've posted mm-hmm. videos of him, haven't you? Or at least Instagram Not stories?
1: Enough. Yeah. Oh, you me, he's a strong laddie. And because Darren has the experience of uh, coaching competitive lift, uh, powerlifting, that then gives me, again, another scope to learn how to coach competitively for powerlifting. Because powerlifting itself is... It's not simply teaching someone how to bench, uh, their and squat. There is that complete other side of programming for competition, uh-huh. nutritional uh, needs for competition, tapering, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Tapering and peaking for wherever you're going with your program and all that kind of stuff that's obviously you learn about, but unless you use it, it's yeah. it all becomes brand new again to you.
3: Yeah. Well, one of the things I'll just highlight before um, we move on is just the the one thing which I credit Instagram and CrossFit for is making lifting weights for women kind of cool and popular and trendy. And one of the benefits which people don't people don't talk about this like people women don't want to start lifting weights for the reason I'm about to say. Women want to start lifting weights for muscle tone and definition maybe fat loss that sort of thing but what it gives them is confidence because it's that they have stepped into the the area where maybe historically speaking in the gym they're not meant to go um and i I hope people hear the the sarcasm in my voice when i say that is and that that's what weightlifting does for for women it will give you that little bit of confidence and it's not yes, some of that might be the superficial because you're you're looking better, you're walking better, you've dropped a bit of body fat, etc. etc. But it's you've you've learned a new skill. You you know you're internally stronger now for learning new skill and being able to, you know, shift some weights. You know, we're talking about weights here, but all of a sudden maybe now you can do push ups on your toes. And it gives you that little bit of confidence, which I dare say we as men don't get from the gym because mm-hmm. this is what <laughs> this is kind of again generally speaking, we've always been in the weights area, we've always been expected to be able to do push up from our toes. So yeah. it's almost we we don't get this the same benefit in that environment. You know, we we have to do something that takes us out of our comfort zone, so to speak.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the thing as well is obviously when The whole weightlifting thing started as it was, it started with only a few girls, Mm -hmm. maybe two or three. And when those girls then showed success and they then showed how much they enjoyed it and how much confidence they built from it, that then kicked on to other people. So people that they know were like, oh, my friend's doing this and they're loving it. You, You can see that they're loving it and how much it's benefited them not only physically, but obviously. Mm-hmm. Mentally as well. So then, people start thinking, "I oh, want a piece of that." Yeah, no, you know totally what I mean. Agree. So rather than rather than it being for the superficial um, reasons of getting that toned look that they want, and obviously they're off. Obviously, and for they, the comments for the, the podcast listeners, <laughs> I'm putting on that. <laughs> uh, and being trim, yes, it will happen. In the way that It will happen naturally anyway because you're, the way that you're training and the way that you'll then fuel your body to then train like that. But when they, when they saw the kind of psychological benefits of it, they were like, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind, exactly. Of a, it's kind of being a snowball effect from there. Yeah, it will be.
3: Oh, man, we've been on for about an hour here. Um, we'll round off uh, the, the podcast just before we go on to the questions, uh, the 3 sub questions um where can people find out more about your business what's the instagram handles
1: so my instagram is mckendrick nathan pt uh Uh, darren obviously runs the marvelous fitness account which is um marvelous underscore fitness Uh but then we also have a marvelous Uh fitness.com our website was obviously in The Marvelous website uh, description is also in my description on my page as well. I think I'll link that all up on the
3: notes. Um, I'm going to ask you the book question. Any decent books, podcasts, audiobooks you've been listening to recently?
1: Believe it or not, I do listen to the Ricky Long podcast. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. What's been your favourite episode? I've never everyone, asked
3: anyone this before.
1: <laughs> everyone that hasn't involved Les Mills.
3: Everyone that hasn't involved Les Mills. Well, there, <laughs> there's definitely a
1: few of them. I'm actually surprised that's one thing we've not spoke about. Do you want to? If you want to.
3: <laughs> what do you want to chat about, Les Mills?
1: I mean, I've not taught a class since January and I'm no longer qualified, but hey.
3: Well, to, to be fair, me neither. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see you were doing an online INT though.
3: Yeah, so what Les Mills have done quite well is you know, they've moved their training online, um, which has been quite you know good to do, you know from all aspects because it just takes so you know I talk about friction so much as you know it takes so much friction out of someone booking on because yeah. they, don't, they don't have to travel, don't need hotels, you know potentially don't need to get time away from their family, from work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, they're going quite well. I think the the tail will be in, you know, a year's time, when people will have the option to do online or live training. Mm-hmm. What will be the take up? Um, and you could say that about just about every industry who's shifted things online. Yeah. You know, what will be the split? Right now, people can't do live training; they can only do online. So the the numbers are obviously really good. Um, but yeah, the the online training's good. Like it's it's very relaxed, especially when I did, I did the whole other module at the weekend with slippers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <unreal. laughs>
1: it was like, it's what we were talking about earlier on when it was about the um, obviously what you would advise a new person in the industry. Uh-huh. Obviously, when it came to being a PT and stuff like that as well. A lot of times, obviously, when I noticed that when I became a senior in Banatines was people that weren't interested in teaching classes Friends. and i was like to be fair that was me when i first got my job at vanatine's i came okay. in thinking okay. i was just going to be a pg and that's what my head was fixed on before i'd done my first shift bail put me on to body pump uh-huh. so i then started learning body pump and then i started learning spin and all this kind of stuff and after the three years of being at Banatines, I was teaching Pump, I was teaching CX Works, which was obviously the one that you took me for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I took, i had done RPM, and i had done Combat. And quite honestly, I wouldn't change that because you then learn the other side of the industry as well. Yeah. Which is the one thing people avoid. Like this is one thing that me and Darren i like have said in the past to each other as well. That if I could go back and teach still teach things like spin as much as i wouldn't go back and do the imts for say pump and combat and all that kind of stuff if i could still teach a spin class i would
2: yeah
1: Yeah. and as much as personally i found that a hassle to learn those four releases every quarter Mm -hmm. that was the one thing that then people were like oh you can still do freelance when you go do your weightlifting coaching it kind of put me off, and I was like, uh, maybe not for me. Uh-huh. But I still wouldn't change the past three years of teaching them.
3: Yeah, I think that's quite mature for you to say, because I'm going to say the same thing right now that I've said to you privately, and I've said a million times in podcasts before, is if you're a PT and you want to meet people, teach a class. Yeah. I don't care whether it's body pump, spin, Zumba, some CrossFit, Metafit, Les Mills ripoff, get in front of the 20, 30 people and say, hi, my name's Ricky Long. I'm going to take you this class because it's the quickest way to make contacts in that gym because at the end of that class, you can just say, by the way, I'm a personal trainer. I'm giving out free sessions next week for Black Friday. I've only got 10, 10 left. Do you want one?
1: Right, that was one of the things for me as well is, is actually having to get up in front of that mm-hmm. many people. Yeah. People, people that know me is well, people that see me when I coach, they see me online and they're like, Oh, he looks quite confident. He's got this kind of kind of vibe about being very self-assured and all this kind of stuff. And people that really know me know that I'm probably one of the least confident people that have ever met in their lives. And that is purely based on probably not being the self-confident and believing that I can do what I can do, but it's also a development of stage right when I was younger. So when I was first kind of egged on to do classes, I was in pieces. I remember throw I remember throwing up the very first time I taught a class on my own.
2: <laughs> I remember
1: having to shadow bail for about a month when I first started teaching classes because I was so nervous to do it by myself. And the idea of being in front of 30 people on my own terrified the life out of me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I taught a this was when actually I'd done my body pump assessment video I got thrown in, I got thrown into the class with five minutes notice and the first person that walked up to me um said, "Oh, uh, you're not." so and so who would usually teach the class at the time because they'd literally just cancelled five minutes before. And I was stepping in to help at the last minute. And then instantly I was shaken. Mm-hmm. And I was like instantly they don't they don't like me, they don't want me to teach the class, this that and the next thing and I'd say that like the story you've just said, it's it's not
3: unique. You know, yeah, that's exactly. that, that's quite standard for the fitness industry. You know, it's it's happened to me, it's happened to you. Um, I had Gemma on the podcast just before this and she told me uh, previously, you know, about how she first started getting teaching classes, you know, being thrown in at the deep end and all that. And and I often wonder, like, the fitness industry, it's in such a bad place in some ways because these 20, 30 members are paying, you know, especially in somewhere like Bannantyne's, what is it, 50, 60 pounds a month, they're paying good money. They come to the gym, they want to get their class. Little do they know that 10 minutes beforehand, at some point like, you were handed the cd the the mp3 whatever it might be and said go and teach that class this is your night and what what people get you know the, the fact that your class you know was probably on reflection not as good as it would be now but it was you know it was averaged good i mean that's that's just more luck than anything else for them. pretty much yeah and you know I was there. I remember teaching a spin class once because like you'll love this spin class because the gym only had one mp3 lead and oh, the God. class upstairs pulled rank and they got the lead so i had to teach the spin class uh using the only cd in the club which was a beyonce album
1: <laughs> love that <laughs> so right, i've done the exact same thing but it wasn't beyonce what, what was <laughs> it you know you literally had a sound system breakdown on obviously you've, you've been in the right? I think
3: so. I'm getting confused between Livingston
1: so and 4K. So, had their smaller studio, which was like the kind of mind and body. Then they had the bigger studio, which was for mostly the high-intensity, weight, cardio kind of stuff. And then they had upstairs with the spin studio. We literally had two studios that had no microphone and no MP3 because the system just went poof.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously, when I was away, it hadn't, been, I hadn't got fixed. See, me and Dale weren't in so something had to get done and didn't get done and I then came back in to teach I think I was teaching combat that night and I had to teach combat without a mic to an old I think it was maybe combat 42 or something on an 42, old TV. yeah 42
3: yeah I
1: think it was 40 I genuinely think it was I genuinely <laughs> think it was 42 that's not even just a coincidence <laughs> Um and I would learned it that day from the old yeah, CD the notes. Uh, agent, the notes. Yeah. And when people were walking out of the class, I was still reading the notes. Oh. And obviously, spin class upstairs was going on with a microphone and their music, and oh. um another class was going on next door. I think it was I think it was yoga or something. It's didn't really need a microphone on oh,
3: much. The,
1: for yoga. so that day I was kind of like why am, I, why am I doing
3: this? <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> no, I can, uh, can uh, I could go off in many tangents about that. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going um, to put myself back here and make sure I don't.
1: <laughs> to be fair, it's also one of those things that even though I don't teach, I don't teach now, I would never go back and not teach. What do you mean? you? So, if, if I could go back and someone said to me, um, you can do it all again, you can teach classes for the next three years or you can solely be a PT and start from the ground up. I'm with you. I would still teach the classes. Yeah. As much as classes get hate from any PT, and I'm going to bash some bash, uh, some general PTs and when I say this, PTs that I've never taught a class in their life will say, it's, it's rubbish, it's this, it's that, it's no good. Obviously Don't worry,
3: never- I, I say the same about their PT sessions.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's true. Um, they did. Helped me to where I am now,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and it gave me a more, it gave me a wider appreciation for the job that I was doing. Uh, Ah, you're right. Uh, Because I was able to understand different people, I was able to understand how things reacted with different people. And to be fair, it kind of built my own confidence in what I can do. Even though I still kind of go back into that little shell of not being confident in what I'm doing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's just me as a person, anyway. I would have been far worse three years ago. Yeah, that's fair. Well,
3: so much for us not talking about Les Mills. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What what would you always ask this question, what would you tell your 20-year-old self?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I know. Don't dwell on what you can't change. Because I'm very, I'm quite bad at that. If your 20 year old self jumped onto this
3: call right now, what would your 20 year old self be most proud of? The 24 year old, Nathan,
1: more the fact that I was able to actually make the leap and go self employed.
3: I knew you were going to say that,
1: genuinely, of course. <laughs> you'll, you'll know that anyway. But the self doubt, more than anything else, is one thing that. I've known Darren since two thousand and eight. I've known Darren for years and years and years. And every single year it's the same criticism the same kind of constructive feedback. The same when I worked with Dale and Banatines, and the same when I worked very very closely with you, through the mastermind, through the the online workshops and all that kind of stuff. It was all the same feedback from all three of you. Mm -hmm. it's from my mum it's from my my grandparents it's constant self-doubt
2: okay
1: in anything that i do and that's one thing that i'm really really bad at but he would be more surprised that i actually took that leap of faith and done it
2: Mm.
1: and i honestly think it's one of the best things i've ever done so do i genuinely
3: Oh, man, I've loved having you on. Um, literally could chat all day. I think this um, catch-up was long overdue. Um, I'll <laughs> put your, your links, etc. in the show notes. Uh, what are you up to like next today? What's next on the
1: agenda? Today, I am on another Zoom call with one of my athletes. Um, Other than that, it's planning. Uh, I've got a couple of more classes to write up for the online Zoom workouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, i will going to be recording some demo videos for the classes. Obviously, when it comes to more the technique stuff, we're putting up some walkthrough videos of uh, certain drills for Snatch, including Jerk and Jerk mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So, we'll be going through some recording for them. So, I'm going to go and get, get sweaty and record okay. some content.
3: All right, Matt, well, it's been good to catch up. Enjoy that. You're
0: listening to the Ricky Long Podcast.
3: What a great song, by the way. It's Bon Jovi. It's not Brian Adams. Oh, yes, she does. Love. You ready? Here it comes. Here it comes. Hold on to what we got. Bet you weren't expecting this at the end of the podcast? Clear your throat. What an epic podcast with Nathan McKendrick and you can get the cover of his song uh, Living on a Prayer um, by going to iTunes and searching for Living on a Prayer by Nathan McKendrick and you will be able to download that. Um, Some parts of that last sentence may not be true. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ricky Long Podcast. My name's Ricky Long. That was Nathan McKendrick. Give it a follow if you are a personal trainer. Hopefully there's loads of content and value in there if you're just generally interested in fitness. Um, again, I think there'll be a lot of content in, in there for you. If you have any specific questions about Olympic lifting, strength and condition training, be sure to give Nathan a little shout out or reach out. Um, and yeah, post this on your Instagram story and I will give you £1,000. Some of that might not be true either. Um, Body Core Training, putting for sport, sponsored the podcast, truly grateful. That's it for this episode. See you next week.
0: You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.